Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Laurie Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. I had such an incredible amount of feedback about the previous solo podcast that I did that I thought it would be fun to go back in and answer some more of your dating questions. And if you have any others, please feel free to DM me or uh, make a comment below whatever post you see this on to ask a question and I'll answer it for a future podcast. These particular questions are coming to you from my Singles in the Carolinas Facebook page. And if you're interested in joining that, feel free. Um, I don't accept everyone in there. You need to be on Facebook for a good bit of time. So I know that you're not a bot or a scammer or anything like that, but essentially it's a great page just to connect with other people. It's kind of like a community board. Um, Some people are dating. I believe no one's coming forward too much about it, but it's just a fun, nice way to to connect with people. So here is the first one. How, how, to be clear about the relationship desires and goals without coming on too strong or scaring someone away. Great question. And what I would say about that is dates one through five, you want to really have an opportunity to get to know someone. Are you interested in them? Do you laugh together? Are you feeling comfortable around them? Is there chemistry? How are they communicating in between dates? Um, When, the coming on too strong, just be aware of how often you're communicating and make sure that the amount that the other person is texting you is congruent with how you're texting them. It doesn't always have to be one person texting. It's, it doesn't have to be, you know, the rules or the games that you heard of growing up or even, you know, since your last relationship. So just Make sure that your energy is matching the other person's energy, and then you won't be quote unquote coming on too strong or scaring someone away. If you like someone and you make it obvious and they get scared of that, they're not your person. So the person that you're supposed to be with is going to be really excited that you're reaching out and that's the way that it should be. Otherwise it's like a strong pass and kind of move forward. And in terms of being clear about what your relationship desires and goals are. I have an online dating client right now who basically said when the person, the other person asked, uh, what is your purpose for being on this app? She replied to be in a relationship leading to marriage. And he said, me too. And that's the way it should be. You should never be afraid. Also, if you are a woman and you would like to have children there is no problem with saying on the first or second date, you know, I'm excited about finding a partner and having kids one day. Is that something that you're interested in doing as well? And if the, you know, if she hears from the guy, no, I don't want to have kids or I already have kids. I don't want to have more. 
and that's important enough to her, then she knows that she can kind of let that person go. He's not the right person for her because the right person for her is somebody who wants to start a family. And that's not, there's no problem with being clear. Here's another question. As a woman, what are we supposed to do on the first date? Are men supposed to lead the conversation or are there questions to ask? How long do you stay on the date? It should feel really comfortable being on a date with the right person. And if it's feeling uncomfortable or you're feeling anxious on the date, it could be first date jitters, or it could just be this person isn't your right person. And you know that that's true because you've been on dates where you do feel comfortable and you can compare and contrast. That being said, if you like the other person enough, you respect the other person enough, take it to a second date. Because a lot of times the second date is when people can say, okay, the person likes me enough to go on a second date with me. I can put down my guard. I can enjoy myself. I, I know that I don't need to try to impress them. You know, I can just sort of be myself because they've already sort of said, I like you enough to go on a second date. So there aren't specific Men, no, men are not supposed to lead the conversation. It should be a two-way street. Think about how you want the rest of your life to look like. Do you want your future husband to always be leading the conversation? No. You want it to be a comfortable, give and take, true partnership. So, you know, we don't want to put men on a pedestal or women on a pedestal. We just want for it to be an easy flow of conversation where both parties feel comfortable and excited to be with the other person. Um, there's tons of really great articles out there on questions to ask on a first date. Some of my blogs, if you go to my uh, website, I, I know that I've answered this before in some of my blogs, but great questions to ask are open-ended questions where you got the other person talking. Tell me about your, your favorite childhood memory. You know, is there someplace in the world that you really want to go? Tell me about your best travel experience. What's your favorite food? Do you like to cook? all the things that would, you know, um, basically allow the other person to dig deep a little bit or lightly and talk to you in more than a yes or no answer. Um, another person said, guys don't really dress nicely for first dates. That's important for me. I don't, I don't feel attracted to someone unless they do. And I think that's about, um, that's perfectly fine. You know, as long, in my opinion, as long as the person is clean, cut looking and is trying his best or her best, you know, people, sometimes you need to look a little bit deeper. People can always be redressed, <laughs> but what is their ethics and value system look like? Are they somebody who would support you through the tough times? Is that, is it somebody who maybe shares the same faith or politics? politics? Is it somebody who has the same goals in mind? And I understand that sometimes it's hard to get past the surface, but try to dig a little bit deeper. If you're authentically seeking relationship, there has to be a physical attraction for sure. But um, there are a lot of other things to examine as well. Is there a dating site specifically for widows and widowers? I, I'm not much of a niche dating site person when I when people hire me for online dating assistance I get them on Bumble or I get them on Match and Bumble is pretty much my favorite for all ages up to probably 
60 or so because most people are on it. Hinge is also a good one, but as you know, the matchmaker, I can't get a desktop version of Hinge. Um, so I like to be able to get into my clients' profiles and see how they're doing, point out things to them with their messaging, you know, double check that they are not messaging too frequently. The idea with online dating is to get to the date. So little off topic from the question, but I'll just say that if the person starts turning into a pen pal, which I've heard a lot, you know, you want to actually get to the date. Most men are pretty eager to get to the date within a week. And sometimes they drop off because, you know, the conversation goes on and on and on and on. So if the person is responding effectively and efficiently back and forth a few times, I would say just grab, you know, ask them for their phone number, go ahead and run those background checks um, to make sure you're meeting somebody who's safe, hopefully, and then, and then meet them. Um, the way to get a phone number is simply to say, um, make your plan on the app, keep everything on the app, and then just say, let me grab your number just in case I have a hard time finding you. Um, and then once you get the phone number, run the background check, jump on Ben Verified, jump on Truthfinder. I know I'm repeating myself, but if you haven't heard me talk about this, it's important. I've run background checks. I have found men who have assault um, in their backgrounds. You don't need to be meeting them. Um, it's important. Safety is the number one thing with online dating. You don't know who you're meeting. So just try to do as much research ahead and kind of go from there. In terms of the back to the question about a dating site specifically for widows and widowers, there are plenty of people, widows and widowers. So match.com might be a good one. If if we're looking at widows and widowers, normally, I mean, I know people do die of all ages, obviously pass away from all ages. But if we're looking for like the 55, 60 plus crowd, you can definitely search. There's more searching options on match and other sites, but matches the biggest one um, where you can search for somebody who is widowed um, or widowed um, and um, use that as a filter. You really can't use that as a filter on Bumble. Bumble's much more broad and their idea is to get more people on more dates um, or to, to get more people in front of you so that you can go on more dates. Okay, here's another one. What is the best way to approach someone how do you get to know someone without sounding like you're interviewing them? And then also, how do you let someone down gently? So three questions in one, I'll answer each one individually. What is the best way to approach someone? I actually did a um, a, uh, a reel on this recently. I'll see if I can find that for you and, and post it on um, in the show notes, but just be friendly. You know, nowadays it's, it's um, people aren't used to being approached by strangers. Um, but if you're at a community event or you're out at music or you're standing in the Starbucks line or whatever it is, just find something that has to do with the situation that you're in to talk about. You know, um, you could comment on the barista and some drink that you just heard somebody order. Or if you're obviously out to music, you can ask the person if if they've ever heard this the artist before. Um, if you're at a meetup where you're going hiking and you're grabbing, you know, 
an adult beverage afterwards, you know, you can talk about how often they go to the meetups. Do they go to any other meetups? So just keep it congruent to the situation that you're in. So it just is appropriate um, to the, the situation in the venue. How do you get to know someone without sounding like you're interviewing them? I always feel like if you ask like a whole bunch of questions, it makes it feel like an interview. But if you ask the open-ended questions that we talked about earlier, then you really have an opportunity to get them talking more. And then it doesn't feel like an interview. So fewer questions, but more directed questions to really open somebody up. And it's not like question, 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 question. Okay, how do you let someone down gently? Listen, no one wants no one wants to be ghosted. And also no one wants to be dating someone that's not interested in them. And also there's like this kind of energetic exchange that happens when you are truthful, truthful with someone and speaking from the heart. So if you're not interested in, in seeing someone again, you can just simply say, I've really enjoyed and I would wait until the other person asks you out again. Cause the worst thing is to like give someone the heave ho when they are thinking, well, I wasn't even going to date them again anyway. So if somebody is, if you go out on a date with someone and they ask you out again, and you're just not interested, I would just say, uh, I want to thank you again for, you know, last night, um, for spending time with me last weekend, whatever it was, you know, I've done some thinking about it and, Right now, you know, I'm dating very intentionally and I'm looking for my forever match. And I don't think that this is um, my forever relationship, um, but I just want to wish you all the best and love and life and just kind of send it off. Um, anything like that, anything that's kind and thoughtful, uh, you don't have to point out something that you would recommend they do better the next time. You don't have to say anything negative at all. That's all it is. Now, if they come back to you and they start really pressuring you and asking you, well, explain to me why, because I thought we were having a good time and I'm really surprised to hear this and whatnot. You're also not under any obligation to respond. So if they, if it starts coming across as harassment, just block them. That's all you need to do. You don't need to respond. That's not your job to manage their anxiety or their feelings of rejection. You've said your piece. And then you just let it go. And that's it. And most people just say, well, thanks for letting me know. Um, someone else asks, it's so hard to find men 50 and over that take care of themselves, that are in shape, athletic, and like to work out. Well, I think there are a ton of men that are excited about staying in good shape and are exercising. And maybe what you should do is actually join a gym. If you don't already start going to classes so that you get to interact with men that are that are fit and care. I mean, I go to um, just a gym that is pretty basic and there are probably three quarters of the people in there are men that are in great shape. Now, how many of them are single? How many of them are good people? I don't know. But what I do know is that if you see people over and over and over and over again, it's easier to strike up a conversation. Another example of circumstances where you can talk about what's going on um, you know, can you spot me, you know, all the obvious things when you're at a gym, um, but also saying, you know, I don't even know how to use this machine. <laughs> you know, I see you doing it. Um, do you have any pointers for me? Um, 
so that's a great way to meet people that are fit. Join a, join a new gym, join an exercise class, join a community center, just put yourself in the situation, join the meetup that goes hiking or the meetup that meets for, you know, canoeing or kayaking or mountain biking or any of the things. Um, and that is how you can meet them, especially if, and you know, even with online dating, you don't always know. It's like sometimes people post photos of themselves from 10 or 15 years ago when they were 15 pounds lighter and they used to go to the gym all the time, or they used to belong to the, the, uh, the running group in town. And now they're no longer able to do it for one reason or another. And they just think, oh, well, somebody will fall in love with me just, you know, from an old photo. And I'll explain to them that I've had a bad back for the last five years and I can't exercise anymore. So maybe this is an opportunity to get out of your comfort zone and really get in front in real life in front of people that are actually exercising. All right. Um, here is another question sort of to do with the, um, <laughs> with the exercise question from before. I wish I could find a happy medium between couch potatoes and those that are fanatical about it. They are either sitting on the couch smoking and drinking, or they are climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and bungee jumping off of bridges. I work out a few times a week and like to eat healthy. Where are the ones that just want to take care of themselves and try to be healthy? You're you're right. It's so hard to find. They're everywhere. You just need to keep your eyes open and try new things. And I think that's really kind of what it is in life. And it doesn't have to be a gym. Maybe you go to a lecture at your local community college and you see somebody who looks like they're fit and they care about, you know, what they look like and what they're eating. That's something that you can see right in front of you. Um, you know, after a certain age, it's really hard to stay fit, stay in shape. So this is a really good way to just see somebody and you can usually tell, and especially having a conversation and maybe there's some food at the event and you can kind of watch, you know, how are they grazing around the food? So just be observant and be thoughtful around the things that you do and the people that you surround yourself with. There's, there's groups that are foodies that like to go to different restaurants. You know, that's how you can surround yourself by people that care about the food, the fuel that they're putting into their bodies, how they're taking care of themselves everything is not extreme, you know, black and white. There's, there's plenty of middle ground. So try that out. Here's another question. Curious why men in their fifties want to date like they are still 19. So I don't know really if that's about the, the writer saying that all men want to be dating much younger, or if they are emotionally immature and they want to date like they are still 19, as in just superficial dating. I mean, what do you do when you're 19? You hook up with people, right? You don't think about the future. You're just in it for the moment. That's what a lot of people are. So I don't know if that's what the writer is saying or a commentary about how men like to date younger. But either way, again, it's a blanket statement and you're just not putting yourself in the right situations, possibly for meeting somebody who's emotionally mature. Why don't you try something else? Why don't you try joining a meditation group or some kind of um, group where the focus is on intellectuality, where you're meeting some deeper thinkers? Maybe it's a book club. Um, I know that a lot of the book, the independent bookstores have readings 
Um, I know that colleges have lectures. I know that um, nonprofits have committees putting together different things. So start putting yourself in the situation where you're meeting men and women um, that have similar likes and similar intellectual curiosity. And that is how you will meet people that have an expanded mind that don't need to date 30 years younger to understand themselves where they're kind of just immature and living on a day-to-day where they're potentially using their brains to live their lives, enjoy their lives, and then also are looking for an intellectual equal. And another question is, if (laughs) this is directed at me, if I created a dating app, what would it be like? (laughs) Well, well, I have thought about uh, starting a dating app and I actually did a bunch of research on it. I don't know, uh, five years ago or so. And I realized the amount of time and energy and money it would take me to do that would mainly the time. And it would take me to do that is would supersede me, honestly, number one, I wouldn't be able to do the business I'm doing because it would take over all my time. But also it didn't seem to me like I need to go with what my expertise is and it's not in creating programs and platforms. I don't know anything about it. I'd have to turn over all of my trust to a company and I would never know if they're charging me too much or if they're doing a good job. And then everything changes so much in technology so quickly. There are enough great apps out there that have the numbers of single people in it that are the ones that people are going to. So it didn't really make sense for me to to jump into that space. But if I was to create a dating app, what I would have done is um, it would kind of be a vouched one where everybody that came in would have to go through a background check. The photos would need to be verified. And it would be a little bit of a hybrid where as a matchmaker, I'd be able to go in and make matches within the app. And then also, so there would be like an upgraded program for that. And then also people can meet each other. Um, And I don't know that I didn't really get that much further except for the verification, which I think is obviously the most important thing um, and the safety issues. Okay. Here's another question. In your experience, what are some of the reasons why some would ghost or lose interest during the getting to know you stage? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think that um, most of the reasons that people ghost early on is they don't have enough in common. They aren't sexually attracted to the other person and um, they have other options. And so they just kind of lose interest. And I think that's normal. I mean, think about how many people there are in the world out there and how difficult it is for people to to meet someone. So it doesn't surprise me that, um, you know, people do get ghosted um, sort of early on or that people lose interest. All right. This has been great. I am going to let you guys go. Uh, Enjoy the podcast. And again, if you have any questions... Uh, please feel free to DM me and I will take note. Goodbye, lovely people. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.